Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and today we're going to continue reading The Tale of the Nightly Neighbors. We're going to do chapters 6 and 7. So, uh, yeah, let's just, let's just get into this. Emma was having trouble falling asleep. She tossed and turned for what seemed like hours. She kept seeing images of the bronze in her mind mixed with the faces of her teacher, the librarian, and the mailman. Uh, okay. They were all wearing black. Even Mr. Mitchell's mailbag was black. And then Turbo jumped out of the bag and growled at Emma. <sighs> okay, so just like telling us all the characters she's seen. When she looked into the dog's eyes, she saw they were Lex's eyes. Big, round, colorless, and they never blinked. She tried to relax, breathe deeply, and get comfortable by snuggling under the covers. Her room was silent, deathly silent. She heard a clock ticking, then her parents go to their room. Finally, Emma felt herself drifting off to sleep. A sudden noise made her whole body jerk in surprise. Her bedroom window had flown open. The curtains wafted in, and wind swirled around her room. Slowly, a strange mist began to rise up outside the window. It was a thick, spooky fog that churned and billowed until it was so dense she couldn't see through it. Emma's eyes sprang open, but she was too frightened to look at what was happening just a few feet away. Someone, or something, was floating outside of Emma's window. The mist began to flow inside and spread across the floor of her bedroom. As it came in, it uncovered an eerie floating mass hidden within it. Emma sensed a strange presence slowly forming out of the fog, becoming more and more real as the mist dissolved. It was Mr. Braun. His body lifted from the swirling mist and drifted towards Emma's bed. Emma was frozen with fear. Mr. Braun hovered over her, his face contorted in a monstrous sneer. Then he opened his mouth in a hideous grin. What Emma saw made her blood run cold. Mr. Braun had two fangs. In absolute terror, Emma sat bolt upright and screamed. The screaming in her head was so terrifying that it woke Emma up. She realized she had been dreaming. Nightmaring, actually. But it seemed so real. She was gasping for breath. Her heart was beating wildly. And she was shaking all over. She stared into the darkness, trying to calm herself. She glanced towards her window and noticed the early morning light be beginning to show itself through the curtains. Gradually, she began to understand. The pieces of the puzzle had finally come together. She'd finally figured out the truth about the bronze. Gotcha. Emma jumped out of the bed and ran for her brother's room. He was sleeping peacefully. The covers pulled up around his neck. She knelt on the floor next to his bed and vigorously shook his arm, calling her brother's name as loud as she could without waking her parents. Wake up, Day-Day! Come on, wake up! Day-Day, his eyes shut tightly, groaned, I can't go to school, Mom. I'm sick. Emma lowered her mouth to his ears and shouted, Wake up! Now! Wait, what? He responded, still groggy and totally, and now totally confused over the sudden awakening. I know what's wrong with the bronze, Emma said with conviction. Me too, he replied with annoyance. They have a crazy neighbor, you. Listen, Emma said excitedly. Why is it they're never out during the day? And where are they from? Crossing to his desk, she turned to the lamp, pulling out Day-Day's atlas and quickly finding the page she needed. Here, she said, pointing. Rovno, Ukraine. That's right in the middle of Transylvania. And every dog in town hates them. I haven't seen one yet that hasn't gone nuts when they're around. And what about all those people getting sick? They're all weak and pale, and they all have bandages on their necks. There's only one explanation. 
What? Daddy asked, totally annoyed now. Our neighbors are vampires. For a few seconds, Daddy stared at his sister in disbelief. Then he pulled the covers up over his head and said, I'm dreaming. No, you're not, Emma informed him. They're vampires, all right. They've got to be. From under the covers came, There's no such thing as vampires, except in movies. Now go away. Emma ignored him and said, Remember those big crates that guy delivered? I think I know what, what was in them. Me too. Refrigerators, Dede told her, lowering the covers. Wrong. I'll bet they were coffins, and I'm going to check tonight. I'll wait until they leave, and I'll sneak into their basement. If I find refrigerators, then I'm a jerk, and you could bust me on all you want. But if I'm right, and I do find coffins, then our neighbors are vampires, and we are in big trouble. All right, chapter seven, guys. Day-Day didn't see Emma all Tuesday at school. She had already left the house before he got dressed, and he had, why? And he had to walk there alone. At lunch, he looked for her in the cafeteria, but she was nowhere to be found. On the way home, he started thinking about what she had told him in the early morning hours. What a doofus. She can't really think our neighbors are vampires. I think my horror movies are rubbing off on her. Day-Day knew that Emma worried about his constant television watching. She was always telling him to get involved in real adventure. At least I know the difference between a movie and real life, he told himself. She's the one who's always reading weird things and normal stuff. She tells me to get a life. Maybe she should look at herself for a change. As he approached his house, he stopped before turning into his driveway and looked across the street at the Braun house. The curtains were drawn across the windows and the place had a dark and creepy look like it was haunted or something. A little chill ran up Day-Day's spine. He shook it off and quickly ran into his house. There's no such thing as haunted houses, he said to himself as he flicked on the TV. Emma finally arrived home just before supper. Day-Day tried to speak with her, but she shook her head swiftly and she put up, she put a finger to her lips, indicating, shh. Then she hurried upstairs to her room. Day-Day was about to follow her when Miss Toll called from the kitchen. Come down, kids. Supper's ready. Get it while it's hot. Coming, Emma called from the second floor. She hurried down the stairs and walked right past Day-Day without a comment. Emma knew she had to keep Day-Day from talking about her suspicions in front of their mother. So all through supper, she kept up a lively chatter about school. Day-Day never got a chance to say a word. As soon as she finished eating, Emma cleared away her plate and said to Day-Day, It's your turn to clean up tonight. I have stuff to do. See ya. And she immediately left the kitchen, heading straight up to her bedroom. Emma knew Day-Day would quickly clear the table and come in search of her. She had been in her room less than 10 minutes when the knob turned on her door and Day-Day barged in without knocking. An awful smell hit him right in the face and he had to cover his nose. What are you doing? He asked. Vampires don't like garlic, she replied as she stapled another string of garlic smelly stuff over her bed. Neither do I, Day-Day said. Maybe I'm a vampire. Emma ignored him and continued stringing the smelly garlic around her room. When she had finished, she turned to her brother and said, We're safe as long as you remember one thing. A vampire can't come into someone's house unless they've been invited. So never, ever invite the bronze inside. You got that? Yeah, yeah, I'll try to remember, answered Day-Day sarcastically. Emma picked up her jacket from the bed and started towards her bedroom door with a look of determination on her face. 
Diddy grabbed her by the arm and said with sudden alarm, You're not really going into their basement, are you? What if you get caught? Don't worry. Look, she said as she walked over to the bedroom window and carefully pulled the curtain aside. They leave the same time every night, probably in search of their next victims. Dede followed her to the window and looked across the street. Sure enough, the three bronze had just come out of their front door and were locking it behind them. The two kids stood and watched them for a second. Then Emma turned and hurried out of her room and down the stairs, leaving her brother at the window. As she reached the back door, he caught up with her. She had a flashlight in her hand. This is crazy. What do you think you're going to find? He asked. I told you, she replied. Coffins. Now stay here and keep an eye on the bronze house. If mom asks where I am, tell her I've been studying for a test or something. I won't be long. Having said that, Emma hurried out the back door and around the side of the house. Just then the front doorbell rang. Dede called to his mom. I'll get it. He turned and headed for the front hallway. At the front door, he reached for the doorknob and opened it. What he saw made his eyes widen in surprise. Standing right in front of him were the bronze. Dede's mouth dropped open. He couldn't say a thing. Miss Bronze smiled pleasantly and said, Good evening. We are your new neighbors. May we come in? Ah, uh, sure, Dede replied uncertainly. Then suddenly he remembered what Emma had told him about inviting vampires into the house. He quickly blocked the doorway, saying, No way, uh, my dad's not home and uh, uh, maybe, uh, maybe some other time. He shut the door in their faces and le leaned his back against it. Whew, he breathed. Yeah, it was close. From the living room, his mom called out. Who's there, David? Ah, uh, no one, he replied. Wrong house. He stayed leaning against the closed door, fearful the bronze might try to break their way in. Uh-huh. Miss Toll came into the hallway and saw Dede leaning against the door. She walked forward and gently moved him to one side, opening the door with her other hand. Mom, don't! It was too late. The bronze were still standing at the doorstep. Hello, said Mr. Braun. We are your new neighbors. Both Mr. and Mrs. Braun spoke with a deep, strange accent that could only come from Eastern Europe. Hello! How nice for you to pay us a visit! Come in, please! Miss Toll said sweetly. <laughs> As the bronze moved past her, she closed the door and gave Day-Day a scolding look. Day-Day just stared after them as they walked slowly down the hallway, dressed in black. The three looked like a funeral procession as they filed into the living room. How am I going to explain this to Emma? Womp, womp, womp. Unaware that the bronze were making themselves comfortable in her living room, Emma lifted the basement window of their home and carefully lowered herself onto the workbench below. It was dark, pitch black. She turned on the flashlight and slowly panned the room. The beam revealed an ancient oil furnace, several garden tools, and finally what appeared to be large boxes covered with old blankets. Jackpot, Emma said, thinking they looked just like just the right shape to be coffins. She got down from the workbench and approached the large rectangular objects at the far side of the room. The cellar was dark, damp, and musty. It had a dirt floor, really, and its walls were made of stone. A dirt floor? That's ridiculous. Goosebumps rose on her arms as she crossed the room. Holding her breath, she took her... She took hold of one end of the dark cover and pulled it off to reveal... A refrigerator, she exclaimed with disappointment. Great, Day-Day will never let me forget this. Emma looked at the large white appliance in disgust. Then she noticed the combination lock on the handle. 
That's bizarre, she, she mused aloud. Why would anyone lock a refrigerator? Emma's curiosity got the best of her. She had come this far and wasn't going to leave until she found out what was inside those refrigerators. Setting the flashlight aside, she said, famous line, if I could crack them at school, I could crack them here. And then she immediately began spinning the dial of the lock. And that's the end of chapter seven. I hope you guys are enjoying this reading of the tale of the nightly neighbors. I think it's pretty great so far. I like the bonus stuff. The retelling of the same scenes is kind of boring, but I mean, it has to happen. So we're only, we're only 50 pages in. There's like, I don't know, 11 more chapters to go or something like that. And they're over halfway done with the episode. So man, I'm kind of excited to see what the hell is going to happen. There's a lot left. I'm really hoping that they expand the ending or something, but I don't know, guys. We'll see what happens. Until next time, uh, I've been up all night. I'm going to sleep. Bye. Bye.